0: a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. 30 years of the best sports talk in Middle Tennessee, featuring Tennessee Radio Hall of Famer George Plaster. Tennessee Sports Hall of Fame coach Watson Brown, and Young Guns, Billy Derrick and Michael Sendrick. And now, here's your host, George Plaster.
1: Hello again, everybody. Welcome in. Kind of a cloudy overcast. Monday is we get ready for Christmas. Boy, it is not far away. Let's get this show on the road. We'll uh, begin up on the plateau. Watson Brown joins us by phone because his computer won't let him in. Very simply. Watson, how are you? Uh, I can hear you just fine. Did you have a good weekend?
2: It's about here, bud.
1: Did you do a lot of football watching?
2: Yeah, did that too. I watched the game I had. Uh, with my former school with UAB and it ended on the two yard line with a chance to win. So yeah, I went down again.
1: That was a crazy ending. Was. Okay. It let's
2: Absolutely was.
1: Let's do this Watson. Let's get right to the daily Titans update. Terry McCormick is in there somewhere. Let's check him out. Terry, how are you? I'm good. How are you, George? Doing wonderfully. Thank you. Um, the Titans are not doing wonderfully, although I thought defensively they did about as good as they could under the circumstances. What's the injury situation?
3: Well, George, uh, I think it's it's wait and see again. They had eight different guys suffer injuries in yesterday's game, uh, including a couple more on the offensive line. Dylan Radins went out with a knee injury. Nate Davis had his knee banged up. I don't think he finished the game. There were several guys on the defensive side of the ball. Dylan Cole, Jack Gibbons, who were in and out of the lineup. Uh, Andrew Adams uh, missed some time and then came back in. They lost Terrence Mitchell to a hamstring injury. This thing just keeps getting worse and worse as the injuries just continue to pile up. It's it's unbelievable what this team has seemingly gone through over the last couple of years. And quite frankly, George, it's caught up to them. I mean, at at times – Yesterday, it felt like the varsity playing the JV out there.
1: Oh, it has completely caught up to them, Terry, and so has Jacksonville. And it sure looks like the game in Jacksonville will be to decide who ends up being the division winner. And Terry, right now, I don't see how it could be the Titans.
3: I agree with you. I mean, I'll give you a stat, George. Before this season, The Titans were 25-3 and in regular season and playoff games where Derrick Henry rushed for at least 100 yards. Well, he rushed for 100 yards the last two games. This season, they're 4-3 and when he runs for 100 yards. They've lost three in a row when he's been over the century mark. So even what they've been able to count on to get them through when all else has failed over the years, they can't even count on that now to uh, get them a win.
1: Ryan Tannehill appeared to be once again an incredible warrior. The guy is tough as nails, and he went back out there, uh, but he had zero mobility, and the Chargers knew that and teed off from a from a front four, you know, kind of standpoint. What what have you been told about Tannehill?
3: Well, apparently, you know, it was a re-injury of that same ankle injury that uh, kept him out for couple of games earlier in the year uh you saw them you saw him look out of the medical tent uh, peek out of that uh, right. from the camera angle they carted him off retaped it it came back you know very heavy tape on it and he managed to finish the game and play through it but uh they're going to have to monitor him this week to see if he can give it a go uh, it's not a guarantee, I guess, that uh, he's going to be under center on Saturday uh, when they take on the Houston Texans. Although, you know, this is a guy that will do everything within his power to try and be out there.
1: Yeah. Uh, no doubt about that part of it. Uh, Terry, anything else you want to leave us with?
3: Uh, well, let's, George, you know, obviously uh, the game comes down to this. You, you alluded to the uh, game in Jacksonville, the Titans can actually lose the next two games and still win that game in Jacksonville and win the division, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, The only way they can take care of business beforehand and make that game meaningless in Week 18 would be for them to win at least, for them to win two and Jacksonville to lose one before that, or for them to win one and Jacksonville to lose two before that. And the way things have been trending, I don't know that that's going to happen. I think you're right that that, Week 18 game uh, down there in Jacksonville. Probably going to be for all the marbles.
1: Sure seems like it, Terry. Appreciate it as always. We'll uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. All right. Sounds good. That's Terry McCormick and his daily Titans update.
4: Yes, it is, George. That is uh, Terry's Titans update. has been brought to you by Sumner Funeral and Cremation, as well as the Justin Tucker team. And George, let's hop right into our uh, update here for today. We had Watson momentarily, and uh, we'll see if we can get Watson back in here. But George, we've got uh, some some strong pieces of news. We'll start with the Dansby news. Of course, that uh, rung true on on Saturday uh, for Braves fans, and unfortunately uh, for them. But great news for Cubs fans. Dansby is headed to Chicago. It is a seven seven years, right, George? One hundred seventy seven uh, million. So yeah. he's he's getting paid.
1: Yeah, and I'm kind of throwing up my hands going, what are they doing?
4: Yeah, I I, I mean, 177, (laughs) when I saw the number, I said, well, they weren't going to pay him that much anyway. Uh, Sure, but they
1: had to know that this was going to be either right at $20 or north of it, given what the shortstops are getting. I'm not saying that he's at the level of the other three, although I'd take him over Carlos Correa in a heartbeat. Um, because I think defensively he was vitally important to that team. They're, they're going to learn. They're They're going to miss him. And I don't know where they're going to fix it, but I don't think it's going to be as good.
4: No. And George, an interesting note, Cubs general manager, Carter Hawkins, he played baseball at Vanderbilt. He sure did. And, uh, Swanson's wife plays professional soccer up there in Chicago. So, uh, there were a few factors there, I think that led him there. And uh, we'll see how Dansby does in Chicago,
1: yeah, look, I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, i I'll admit, I don't understand quite what the Braves are doing. They've appeared to go after everybody else that was of importance. And Anthopolis had been singing Dansby's praises. And if he really meant all that, then why is he a cub?
4: Who knows? Uh, general managers are are can be interesting sometimes. George, well, let me say
1: this. I think the guy knows what he's doing, as is always the case anytime something stupid comes out of there. I always revert back to two
4: words: Liberty media. Liberty media, you can always rely on them. and George, we do have Watson back on the phone, so well, isn't that special? Yeah, we, we've we've got them back. And so, George, let's move on to the next uh, note here. It's a scoreboard update, not much of an update here in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Marshall leads UConn 28-7 to late in the third quarter. UConn's been a big zero today. Watson, there are still sections available
2: if you want to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can pretty much. I think I'd rather watch it on TV, George. Yeah. Truth, hey, I'd rather not watch it at all. It's not gonna be it's kind of been a boring game. Is Marshall so.
1: that good or or is UConn, I mean UConn has looked that bad. Are they that bad?
2: I I mean they beat some good teams, they beat Liberty. They Yeah. I I don't know, George. I, I don't know. They, they just their quarterback play Oh, a business – and I don't know if this is the guy. I don't know if this is the guy or not that's been playing. Yeah, so. this kid can't hit the broad side of the barn. No, neither one of them. They put two in, and yeah, they don't even look like college quarterbacks, really. Not pretty.
4: Next one here, Jalen Hurts. Uh, talking about looking like an NFL quarterback. That's what he's looked like, and he, but he's uncertain to play on Saturday against Dallas due to a sprained shoulder that he suffered during Sunday's win over the Bears. Uh, he was hurt late in the third quarter. Uh, This is one that I think a lot of people might have forgotten about, but they may not have Hurts in a big game on Saturday against Dallas. Well, I guess, Watson, do they not have a big enough
1: lead on the one seed that they can afford this problem?
2: Oh, absolutely they do, especially since Dallas got beat last week. Uh, and, And by the way, tell Billy I'm back in. Show backstage, I can is. see you.
1: Yeah, oh, look okay. at that! Look at that! We got through <laughs> We got you.
2: Okay, let's let's don't touch anything now. For, <laughs> no, for the <laughs> next Absolutely. two hours, and see if we can get through this thing.
4: <laughs> okay, Lord. so hurts. It hurts. It hurts that that's huge. May not may not have them on Saturday. Well,
1: I guess my point is they have built up enough of a lead not only in the division race, Dallas isn't going to catch them no matter what. Uh, and, and secondly, in the overall, you know, where are they in the NFC? Minnesota is number two, and I don't think they're close enough. I, if I'm them and they? Hurst is the question losses. mark.
2: Are they, yeah, how many we'll Minnesota it up. got, three?
4: We'll, we'll look it up here in a second. Yeah, I think it, I think you are right there, Watson. Uh, but George, that was three, mostly... which
2: puts them two games behind.
4: Yeah, I think you're right, uh, George. That's all the update. Slim and George, they
2: haven't picture. played Minnesota, the Eagles, have they, or have they? If those teams yes, played? They
1: played, they played early in the year. So that means that means Philly. That means in
2: Philly, that's Philly beat league. Minnesota, or Minnesota beat Philly? No, Philly drubbed Minnesota. So that means it's a three game lead. Yeah. Basically. So they 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 won't hurt him to rest him at all this week. Matter of fact, they're crazy if they don't, if he's got a sore shoulder. Trying to figure out who their
1: backup is, and I think it's Nick Foles. It is.
2: That is the backup. So they've got a solid backup. Now that yeah, all that quarterback running game disappears, but Nick Foles is a
1: good player. Good enough to win a Super Bowl once. Just just good enough. Right with yeah. the Eagles, matter of fact. Yeah, That's how about deep. that? <laughs> City of brotherly love and all that kind of nonsense. Okay, so I think what you're telling me, Billy, is it's time to go to the break. Yes, it is, George. Okay. Watson, we'll keep our fingers crossed that you're still with <laughs> us afterwards, because when we come back, it'll be Watson's Titans analysis. You're going to want to hear it next on Main Street Media Television.
0: Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty.
1: Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East. And for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes, complemented by a 9-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links.
7: I'm Bart
0: Durham.
2: I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot of
1: tractor-trailer crashes. Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems that work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount of time.
6: I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rock Castle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058
7: or email Eric at rockcastlewealth.com.
1: Okay, we're back. It is time for Watson's Titans analysis, which is brought to us by the good folks at Pennington Distilling Company. Watson, one of the things that uh, may needs to get discussed a little bit in the wake of this is, yeah, the Titans weren't very good and they couldn't do a thing offensively. But frankly, the Chargers weren't anything to write home about either.
4: Well, we don't have Watson right now. Oh, he should be back now, George. You got him, Watson? Are you there? I'm
1: here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so the Chargers, frankly, were nothing to write home about either.
2: No, no. They, I, I thought we caught them at a very good time, George. To be very honest, and. We just didn't have enough to us. I mean, that's, that's all there is to it. We just did not have enough to us to, to, to pull it off. But, but uh, I think our first, the first analysis, and, and I think this is still our biggest issue, is what one receiver can do. Look what a really good receiver did in that game at the end of that game. They were able to go to their guy. He reached up over everybody, caught a ball. Uh, puts them in field goal range, wins the game. We don't have that guy. I don't think we had a receiver catch a ball past seven yards in the game. Tight ends did, but not receivers. And that has flat been a killer for this football team all year long. You know,
1: Watson, that throw that uh, Herbert made, while I didn't think he was very good in this game, that was was Herbert right there. That was a rope
2: that was a rope, but it was a 50, 50 ball. Sure. And even though it was on target, the guy had to go leap up over our guy and make a great play and come down with both feet and bounds. Cause it's not a, not a yard from the boundary. And uh, Williams just made a great play. I mean, it, great players make great plays and Herbert had not played well all day. He had missed many open receivers and held the ball a couple of times too long when they had open people he just did not play well he didn't have a good look in his eyes but i'm telling you on that last drive and the great ones can do that they they can turn the switch when it hadn't been at full throttle they can return the switch on and make plays and but he had a guy to throw it to that he trusted or he would have never let that ball go because really and truthfully williams was not open they were running side to side to each other. And he just took it and threw it up and tried to make a play. And that's what happened. And Williams
1: gave him a signal, basically saying, yep. just throw it up there. I'll go get it, which is it, it, kind of an A.J. Brown kind of thing.
2: No, it's it's a good receiver thing in the NFL. George, that's what they do. They're going to beat a guy one-on-one when they need to. And And in the NFL, with all the rules that DBs have to play with, a great receiver wins that battle. That's why these secondary coaches change up who they double and plays on and back off a guy, whatever, to try to keep people off balance. Because if they catch the one-on-one, that great receiver is going to beat that DB. It's just the way it is. We don't have the great receiver. And it's a daggum shame. It is a daggum shame that we don't have that to see what this team might've been because the defense yesterday was good enough along with the chargers, not being very good on offense and our defense was solid enough. And, but at the end our defense had to stop two great guys and and we couldn't do it.
1: Okay. Let's go to the second of these Tannehill tough and then get
2: into the misuse of Derrick Henry. Yeah, I've got Tannehill tough, and and then the the, the changes I saw are, are some I saw and some that needed to be yesterday. And so first, anybody wants to get on Ryan Tannehill, man, I'm telling you, I don't think there's a tougher guy in the NFL. You think about just the last two years, how many times this young man has been hit, George, over and uh, about, one out of every two drop-back passes, he goes down. Uh, if we throw it past 10 yards, it's, I would say one out of every two times, he goes down without getting rid of the ball. And uh, now if we throw a little five-yard option routes or something, he'll get rid of it. But if he's got to throw it down the field at all, he gets knocked down and gets sacked a ton, got hurt again yesterday. I don't know how many quarterbacks would have come back and played in that game. And he's not well from the other injury. He still no. ha- does not have his quickness whatsoever. But we have no chance to win that game if he don't come back and give us that chance. And then he can't even get move two feet out of a pocket, and yet he takes us down the field and scores to tie the game and gives them, what, 40-something seconds to, to, with no timeouts, and they did it. But Ron Tannehill did his job on one leg, and uh, I just think we ought to brag on him when we get the chance because he's called a lot of grief in other ways. But, uh, man, does, and, and don't think this whole football team don't respect him. They no, they're not a guy on that team that doesn't respect Ron Tannehill.
1: Take me to Derrick Henry and the things you saw yesterday.
2: I, I just saw some changes in play calling to him uh we just keep running the stretch play right the stretch play left a little bit of zone when he's in that offset gun when he sets offset to the gun uh but it's stretch rights what i call and th- the people listening will know what i mean it's just the this, this zone stretch play to the right or the left yesterday they ran an iso one time it gained about 12 or 13 yards never saw him run it again And then they ran the counter play yesterday, which means you pull the backside guard and tackle and kind of counter Derek and he runs opposite. And that play gained 12, 15 yards. Saw it one time they have got to do more with Derek. When you've got a great player, I just think one, maybe two running plays that you run over and over and over is just not enough because all 11 are keying on him. And, uh, by mixing in some different running plays, gave me a good sign yesterday. If they'll keep doing that, uh, he'll gain more yards than he's gaining because, believe me, all they're doing in practice is stopping that one play, basically, over and over and over all week long. So you mix something that's different looking in there. Now, they're good at mixing formations with it, uh, George and Billy, but they run the same play over and over and over. Yesterday, they mixed in some different plays they've got to keep doing that as they get down the stretch here
1: Watson the the sort of the whipping boy has been Todd Downing the offensive coordinator yep. uh do you
2: see that as an issue or not? I don't know it's an issue I don't know who the issue's with if it's with Mike not letting him not letting him take it much further then it's on Mike. If it's Mike opening up the floodgates and said, Todd, do what you got to do score points, then it's on Todd. But they're not good enough, George. They're not good enough on offense. And part of that goes back to John Robinson not giving them a guy to throw to. Can you imagine being a play caller in a game and and not have a go-to wide receiver that you can call a pass to? So he's basically calling go-to passes to two tight ends. That's what he's doing. Uh, and, and the great example to me is here we are. We don't have a great receiver. We had three. Here's the other thing that's got to change, That I, what I meant by that. We had three third and twos or less yesterday, maybe two and a half to three, somewhere under three yards. Three times we drop back and throw the ball, incomplete passes. Derrick Henry didn't touch it one of the three times. I would give it to Derrick all three of those. And if I didn't get but a yard and a half, I'd go for it on fourth down. they got to find a way to move the ball and score points. till their last drive of the game yesterday, they had 190-something yards of total offense. How in the world they're still in the game, I have no clue. Uh, well, because honestly, the Chargers screwed it up on offense twice being down there and through two interceptions and, and let us stay in the game. But if you don't give it to Derek on those third and threes, at least fake it to him and throw it to somebody, which will hold everybody and gives you a chance to complete a pass. They can't, to me, have a mindset of run the ball, run the ball, eat the clock, George, and then when it's time on third and short to run the ball, you don't, and then you pass it. I thought that was three very poor play calls that made us punt three straight times.
1: Are you surprised at how often he's not on the field on third down
2: he's He's been off because of Higgard some, but now we don't even have Higgard uh they did finally leave him in the game on that last drive. Finally, they left him out there, most of it. I mean he might have come out of play, but he was out there most of that last drive and carried it a couple of plays
7: mm-hmm.
2: uh on that last drive, so I mean yeah. <laughs> He is our best player, and right now he is our only best player. Ryan Tannehill is an average player because he's hurt. We don't have a wide receiver. Our tight ends are solid, but I wouldn't call them great. They're solid football players. We got one bona fide offensive football player, and that's Derrick Henry. Just take him out to rest him, but to leave him out there at critical times in the game. Would you agree with that, or am I off my walker? No, I, I'm absolutely
1: shocked at how much he's not out there when it matters.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know, but those third and those three third and threes or less to me, I would have a fourth down mentality because, and a lot of times we don't give it to him on the fourth and shorts. Uh, if they can stop Derrick Henry on fourth and short, I've watched the kid get a ball and leap over lines of scrimmage before. Not a kid, young man. Um, you just we If we're going to do anything down the stretch here and even get in the playoffs, number 22 has got to be the guy. For the next three weeks, we got to just, if we have to, just kill him. He's got to be out there touching a lot of balls. And, um, and when we don't give it to him, fake it to him because it's amazing the respect the young man gets. Can you name anybody in the league other than a quarterback that gets more respect when we watch them play than Derrick Henry guys? No, I don't think there's another guy in the league that gets the respect Derrick Henry gets, other than quarterbacks. I don't even think that A.J. Browns or the great receivers get that kind of respect. Uh, I mean, there are 11 eyeballs on Derrick Henry when he touches the ball. So, Watson, yesterday
1: there was at times a semblance of a pass rush. Uh, It looked like Jeffrey Simmons was a little more healthy. He got one of the sacks. And you're right, Herbert held the ball too long. But the other part of what's on this uh, graphic here, we just have to admit at this point of the year, this is what it is. And their offensive line – Pass protection is non-existent.
2: I I honestly didn't think the pass rush was that much better yesterday. Maybe a little. But it was on Herbert. He's holding the ball with people open. He was not right yesterday. He was not right. I would say all three of those sacks were 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 uh, coverage sacks. Yes, they're on him. We did not get to the quarterback the way I think we got to get to a quarterback to affect the game and we have got to get Autry back, and we've got to keep Simmons. Simmons is getting better. I saw that, uh, but he's still not got that burst. He's not got the burst that he's got to have, so I thought it was still average. Look at the last drive. We, did, we didn't get close to Herbert on that last drive, and and he sat there, and there was a little bit of penetration, but nobody free, and then he just broke outside, and we let him break contain. On the big play, we did not contain him. And let him get outside and be able to see. And um, I don't know. I just didn't think it was good. And our offensive pass protection is horrendous. It's just horrendous. And I don't know how we can go very far if we cannot find a way to drop back and throw the ball better than we do. We get in. Five wides with nobody in the backfield, George, and they run the same play every time. Somebody's going to run a little six-yard option route, and we throw the ball. That's it. That's what we do. And yet, we've gotten away with it all year long. It is so predictable. And that's our completions other than play-action pass. Yeah. That is our completions is short passes. How, How many times have you seen us this year drop back and lay a ball up deep? and and go get it in a drop back pass we've thrown some deep a little bit the last deep one I think was Traylon Burks uh when he got hurt and that was a play action pass that that one was on Uh, but we cannot drop back and throw the ball past 10 yards because we cannot get it off
1: should their offensive line be better at this point absolutely it should
2: if we're good enough it should now we've added Davis to the injury list he didn't play in the second half or Maybe got hurt in the third quarter somewhere. Um, and then uh, I think Reddick's got hurt too. Um, so, I mean, now it's piling up all of a sudden with injury to the offensive line. On top of, I haven't thought it's been a good line all year long. I said from the beginning, I was concerned about we don't have a go to receiver, and I'm not sure we improved this offensive line enough. And, George, Honestly, that's what we're still talking about today. Okay. Let me, let me throw
1: this at you and get a reaction to this. Yes. It would be nice to fly a flag that says you're the AFC South champions,
2: but honestly, this isn't going anywhere. Well, at least my last point on there, it's the same point. It was last week, right? Hang on and get healthy. If we don't get healthy, we don't need to go to the playoffs. We don't. If we finish with this team we're playing with right now, we, we're better off not winning it, even though we, they, that's they don't feel that way and they shouldn't. I'm just saying it as a fan here. There's no way we're not good enough. We are not good enough. Mike is doing a great job of keeping us in that game the other day, figuring out a way to have a chance to win it. Yeah, it's uh, with but the, we're not it's good with enough, George. It's with bailing wire. We're not good enough. So a bunch of people got to show back up. But I heard Cunningham's getting close. I told you, Altry, wasn't good enough. When I watched the little bit of that practice tape we watched the other day that Billy had on, I said, "Uh uh-huh. He is carrying that leg. He's not ready yet. He may be one more week away. He might be this week. I would bet you by next week for sure. But he may try to play against the Cowboys since this is going to become such a big football game. Uh, it has really become a big game now. But if they can just get some of these guys back, uh, Traylon Burks has still not been practicing, I don't think. Fulton's got to get well. He is our best corner. McCrary is becoming a pretty good corner. That young man has gotten better as the year's gone on. If there's a guy that's gotten better as this year's gone on, it's him, George. That play he made in the end zone yesterday Phenomenal. was fantastic. Yeah, Phenomenal. Just uh, smart. Just yes. using being calm, using his brain, his athleticism, just a great play by him. But we've got to get Fulton back. Uh we've got to get Cunningham and Long back. We've got to get Autry back. Tier Tart didn't even play yesterday. I think his wife his wife was in labor, so they flew him back, which I thought was really neat A Mike to do that now. Um that tells me he cares about these guys. Yeah. For him to, to, okay, letting him leave before that game and go back to be with his wife, George, pretty neat, tell you the truth. A lot of them, I'm not sure, would have done that. We'll go to the uh, break
1: but- on that, Watson, and then you'll hear from Mike Vrabel in his press conference earlier today. So stick around. This is Main Street Media Television.
4: For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donley, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to
0: DonleyTimmons.com. At WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full-service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology and more. Visit WellSkinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. WellSkin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797- 3997. That's 615-797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and William Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. 1865. The First Baptist Church of Galton on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome.
1: Well, you kind of feel sorry for Mike Vrabel in the middle of this four-game winning streak. He said injuries upon injuries upon injuries and not a whole lot of answers probably to what ails his football team. He addressed the media earlier today. Let's listen in.
8: How do you keep the faith in the locker room of now that the lead in the division is down to one game?
5: Well, I mean, I think you have to be professionals. You have to come to work. You have to, uh, we all have a job to do. Um, you know, we have to excel at it. We have to do our job better. and you know, we have to, you know, continue to find ways to not, you know, not hurt ourselves in all three phases, to continue to play complimentary, to try to um, sustain, you know, those types of things and, um, you know, just. Get the guys ready. Try to figure out who's going to be available, where the, you know, where the injuries are, where you have to try to bring guys in, or elevate from the from the practice squad.
7: Challenge maybe increase the fact that you've got a short week this week and a shorter week next week.
5: Uh, well, we'll focus on this week. Um, you know, so we have, you know, one one less day to prepare. Um, but so do, um, you know, the Texans. And then, you know, we'll worry about, um, you know, what happens after that. Then, you know, all, we have to put everything into. Uh, this week, you know, to make sure that we're ready to go, make sure that we're focused and that the guys that uh, will be in the game will, you know, be expected to to play up to a level and a standard that, uh, you know, is going to help us win.
3: been having that conversation about not making the big mistakes and things like that for a couple of weeks now. The offense goes out and you get a penalty from one of your key guys on the, on the first series, end up in second and 22 or whatever. What's that say about kind of the message getting through and guys kind of doing, not doing the things that you've been talking about for three weeks? Yeah, that's going to be a a quick answer
5: to an incredibly terrible uh, long question. Uh, Just continue to stay consistent and and focus on improvement and, um, you know, making sure that they understand where some of these penalties occur, you know, pressure and, you know, Nate kind of went back and, you know, uh, I think Ben saw the backer blitz. And so just understanding like in special teams where, you know, those guys, you know, you get blocks in the back out in space. is just trying to understand where those occur, you know, Hooper's penalties at the point of attack, you know, it's, you know, those are things that set you behind.
7: That's mention- so it getting through.
3: Jimmy, you got anything here? Yeah, I guess, I guess the, the final deep ball to to Michael Williams, I guess was, um was maybe maybe in the good coverage and they made a play there. Somebody's supposed to go there, maybe helped them. Uh, what maybe went wrong that allowed that late field goal? The
5: quarterback broke contain and made a play down the sidelines. Good in your mind? Not good enough. Off. I mean, he, again, the quarterback broke contain. The guy made a play down the field. So, you know, whether they were on him or not, I mean, they made a play. Mike, the sacks the last couple of weeks that Daly's given up. There was the chip first. Yeah.
6: Did the chip serve?
5: Yeah, not very good. Not good did enough. It
8: send him around. We
5: got to stop the charge. We've been trying to work through this through training camp. Been some really good examples um, of that getting done. And then, uh, you know, unfortunately, I, you know, we 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 chip one time and a couple of weeks ago and we flew out of there and gave up, uh, you know, pressure inside. So, you know, the message was, you know, when we are getting a chip, we have to, you know, stay inside out, protect, you know, help the guard. You're getting help. Uh, and then the last two times, you know, we haven't done a very good job of chipping and then our tackles stayed inside out to help the guard. And then all of a sudden realized, you know, I probably am going to need to get out of here a little quicker. And, uh, so again, we just, and didn't do a good enough job on that particular play.
3: Move around today, and is he kind of starting back at square one as far as rehab and
2: trying to get over that?
5: Yeah, I mean, he'll he'll work, you know, extremely hard to get to get back and find a way to make the the game like he always has, and you know, again, we're never going to question his toughness or his willingness to to get back and and help us win those injuries like as they continue to mount up like do you ever look at it and kind of like chalk it up to the physical nature that you guys play with or do you- i think everybody i think that professional football is a physical sport um and then i would say most everybody plays plays hard there's some guys that play harder but i mean I, I also you know watch a lot of the games and i think that you know i understand it's a physical sport so you know that's uh you know where we're at is is where we're at we will have to find out who's available and and try to get uh, the guys that uh, need to step up, get them ready to go. As they up a little bit more for you guys over the last couple of years. I mean, do you ever look at that and wonder what should is we the not play as hard? No, I don't know. No, no, I, that's that. what I'm saying. Sometimes with the physical style that you play, is that more conducive to guys having more injuries? Like I said, I think there's a lot of guys in the, this league that play hard and that play a physical style of, of football, uh, you know. You know, football is a professional, football is a violent game.
8: Mike, you said that you evaluate everything and everyone every week. So, what's your evaluation of Todd Dunn's play calling from yesterday?
5: Like our, you know, probably like our entire team's effort, not good enough to, to win. You Can know, you um, I'm responsible for every call that goes in, um, whether it gets executed or, you know, it's a good call or bad call. You know, you have to you know look and see times we got into a flow and a rhythm you know, and i just really really always curious about play calling you know i think that that's again i've i've said it in all three phases i think it's not not overrated that's not the question mark is uh you know making sure that everybody's on the same page that that we find ways to to play the game to you know we were we were close you know, and there's just some times where we got into drives, another penalty started to play drives off with with penalties and getting in third and long. You know, I thought that Malik was was prepared and went in there. It was probably the most comfortable that he's been. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't protect the quarterback again. Um, you know, hit some runs there in the second half that I thought were that were good. You know. You know, again, I guess when, when Hooper was was wide open, well executed play by by Hooper and, and Ryan in and the line. I think the execution and play calling, you know, all go, you know, goes hand in hand. That, that's what I think about the the play calling.
6: When you you said he looked the most comfortable he's been, does that play into your decision making
5: this week and seeing the strides? I mean, if Ryan's healthy and Ryan can play, I mean Ryan would be our quarterback, but Again, I think Malik has put a lot of work into uh, the show team and, and trying to play the game and command the huddle and um, do all the things that we've talked about. How he needs to try to develop during the week when there aren't a lot of reps, um, and and he and he did that. And you know, Pat's watching all those reps with him. And you know, we talked about not making bad decisions in the jog through just because it's a jog through, or you know, he tried to break contain just to you know, give the guys a look maybe last week or, you know, whenever we were with with Trevor Lawrence and you know, we kind of threw it back across in the middle of the field. And I think it was a good opportunity for me just to say, Hey, I think we need to just take off or, you know, try to progress and try to find somebody on the sidelines, not make those decisions in practice because we would never, you know, want you to do that. So we're always trying to coach him. And I think he has learned from those opportunities and I think he was ready to go in, in the game and, and try to help us yesterday
4: That's More decisive. I'm sorry. Was he more decisive?
5: He progressed through. And I think, you know, the one where he took off and, um, and, and scrambled, he, he looked, didn't see what he, you know, didn't like what he saw, put the ball away, made a really good move. Um, got a first down slid, took care of himself. Um, you know, I thought on maybe one of the moves, the ball got, you know, a little outside his body, which we'll, we'll continue to work with. But, you know, I would say the decisive he progressed through on the third down and, um you know was able to you know pick up a first down for us
3: you give much thought to going for two after the touchdown i think yeah
5: i did i just thought that where the clock was i think it it would have been down a little lower you know that i probably would have you know i figured that where it was then they would have had a chance to kind of do what they did unfortunately
6: on a third and two why why have uh derek off the field
5: well, I mean, Derek rotates. We got our package, pressure package, and prepare a third down back. You now, there's times that Derek's, you know, in there on third and two. There's there's times that that he's not. There's times that he's in there on third and long. So, you know, we have a a package that we practice, and you know, guys are, you know, prepared for those roles. And sometimes Derek's out there.
6: How do you view like third and two? Obviously, third and ones are running down, right? But how do
5: you do you view third and two as more of a passing down? I think it's you know, predicated on you know, what you feel like you're going to see, the looks that you're going to get, um, you know, the coverage. I mean, usually is going to be in there pretty tight, you know, based on what front they're in is a five down front, four down front. Um, and, and again, you have a lot of options where, where you are on the field and you feel like you can, you know, run it or you feel like you're going to go for it on fourth down. That may predicate, you know, or dictate some of the call. You seem to Marcus Walker improve
1: maybe Watson, it sounded to me like like he has come to grips with the fact that this is what it is and that it's not gonna get much better for a while.
7: Um
2: yeah. he, he was uptight, uh disappointed. Uh just, just, I think, just very uptight. It's as, as uptight as I've seen him since I've been working with you, George. Yeah. Uh, he, he just, I, I think he's talking about all the deep breaths he can take and he don't know where to go and he's struggling with it. And, and, and he's lost some close games too. Now, these aren't, these hadn't been blowouts. He's lost four in a row and they've been close games, but their style of play creates close games. And when you play these, teens up to mid 20 scores they're going to be close and so they just got to get back hot a little bit and figure out how to win some of these but he hit on one of the things I talked about it's amazing that it's what he hit on was those third and twos yeah and he he's he's Bill Belichick he, he he dodges it and glances it off or throws it somewhere else and doesn't really talk about it but I just would think Mike's mentality, he would say, my gracious, we have got to give the ball to Derrick Henry in those situations, at least two out of the three. And then on the third one, it fake it to him before you throw it somewhere else. And and uh, I'll bet you we get better at that. Mike is so good about not getting on his coaches or players, George. I, I, I yeah. commend him for that. He just will not. He will not get on a coach or a player in public. And I think that's a great trait, and that's a check trait. Bill's never done it either. And uh, so I, I commend him on that, but he's he's got to be scrambling a little bit in his head and his heart right now. What can we do down the stretch? And how many of these guys can we get back in these next three weeks? Uh, and he added another three or four to the list. Today,
7: I know it's
2: so, I mean, when he starts to get this group back a little, George, then this group goes out. It is. I've watched them all. The NFL is injury prone right now. It is. I don't know what's caused it, but it is. And uh, but I believe the Titans may be the worst of them all, man. The Chargers had some out yesterday, too, especially on the defensive side.
1: Derwin James and Bosa. They had them out too, but
2: not like we do. I mean, everywhere we turn. Uh, And the only guy we had on our team that had a chance to be anywhere close to A.J. Brown, the young man ain't played all year. He's had foot injuries, uh, concussions. I mean, everything known to man. And, and, And I know Mike's sitting there saying, the one guy we bring in that gives us that chance He's not played at all. Uh, think about how many different punt returners we've had this year. It's a different one every week back there. I saw I mean, you back there on one of them. Oh, I would have loved to have been, but that would have been 50 years ago. And matter of fact, the last punt I guess I returned, I got knocked out in it. Right.
1: Not a good move.
2: Not a good move. So, and my coach caught a lot of grief over that now, believe me. A lot of grief, but I just feel for him right now. But at the same time, I see that competitiveness in him and uh, he's, he's has They'll show up Saturday and they'll play their hearts out. I've only seen them one time this year where I didn't think they were into it. And it was last it was week, not week this ago. game, but the week before.
1: We'll go to the break, then stat of the day. And then you'll be thrilled to know that studs and duds is in the on deck circle. Stick around, this is Main Street Media Television.
7: You've been putting back a few, and a few becomes a few too many. For a moment, you think about going for a ride. Nah. You live nearby. What's the worst that can happen? You get pulled over. Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You total your car. You kill someone. Hit After Hit has
1: become the baseball store in Tennessee. They have over 1,000 different models of gloves and over 1,500 wood bats. They also have several iron mic pitching machines as well as a Hit Tracks machine. If they don't have it, you probably don't need it. We're proud to call Hit After Hit the official shirt provider, of the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night.
6: Walmart supply chain is hiring in Lebanon. Earn up to $22.25 an hour when you join our new fulfillment center. Enjoy competitive pay and premium perks, including 100% paid college tuition, 401k match. Flexible schedules, a free Walmart Plus membership that includes discounts, and free Paramount Plus, paid time off, and so much more. Fulfilling work starts right here. Text JOIN to 240240. That's JOIN, 240240, to apply now.
1: When I made the decision to host the Plaster and Friends Celebrity Bowling Night, Strike and Spare is where I turned, and what a wise decision that turned out to be. They have five locations in our area with family attractions. They're perfect for birthdays, groups and corporate outings, and holiday parties. For more info, it's simple. Go to StrikeAndSpare.com.
5: This is attorney Bart Durham, and this is me. I'm Aaliyah. Keeping in good physical condition is really important to me. But when I had a wreck with a
7: tractor trailer truck that hurt my legs so bad, I couldn't work for almost a year? I knew I needed a lawyer that understood tractor trailer cases. So I called Bart. Bart gets millions of dollars for his clients every year.
2: At Bart Durham Injury Law, we've handled hundreds of tractor trailer cases. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at
1: 615-242-9000.
4: Hey everyone, I'm John English, this is Keith Wallace, and we would like to welcome you to John English Antique Sports & Cards in Shelbyville, Tennessee.
6: We specialize in graded and ungraded sports and non-sports cards, vintage wax
4: boxes and unopened cases. We have a large selection of PSA graded cards. We also specialize in old sports collectibles, baseball, football, basketball, golf, and tennis. You can find it all at John English Antique Sports & Cards. We are happy to be associated with Nashville's greatest sports antique, George Plaster welcome back into the george plaster show it's now time for stat of the day it is brought to you by john english antique sports and cards in shelbyville tennessee they're open let's see tuesdays through fridays from noon to five and saturdays From 10 a.m. to 5, you can also find them online at johnenglishgradedcards.com. Also, Eric Berner with Rockcastle Wealth Advisors. Call Eric at 615-490-7052 or visit rockcastlewealth.com for more information. Let's see what Michael's got for us today on the docket. Here it is. Who is the only MLB pitcher to ever record 300-plus strikeouts in five consecutive seasons?
1: Watson it would either be one of the old guys going way, way back, or it's Nolan Ryan.
2: Yeah, because I'm not sure, George, these pitchers today stay out there long enough to get to 300.
7: Yeah,
1: none of them are anywhere close to it. Um, I mean, I think Nolan Ryan is an obvious, but when I say that, If it's not an obvious, then it's probably, you know, Grover Cleveland Alexander or somebody (laughs) that you may have grown up watching, but I did not.
2: Well, could it not be in that Sandy Koufax range right in there? Uh, Sandy Koufax, Warren Spahn, those
8: kind of guys.
1: Warren Spahn, I don't think so. Sandy Koufax is an interesting possibility. Let's just put it up there. And see no. where we're going.
2: No, no. Okay, I don't think I don't think so. I don't think he had that long a run where he was that good. I Kof- was a Sandy Koufax fan. Oh yeah. Who, was who name name the big strikeout people around that Nolan Ryan? It has to be right in there. Bob who, Gibson. Who? Uh, I don't think that's really a little early. early. I don't think it's Bob yeah. either. And he wasn't a great strikeout guy all the time. Either. I'm convinced it's Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan. Who else? Who is the the one I'm trying to think of? Who is the 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 big tall six eight guy that?
1: J.R. Richard.
2: No, uh, uh-uh, that's not it. Uh, what? Gosh, man! Pitch
1: with Seattle. Oh, Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson, might think, be one. I don't think so because I don't think he got in enough innings to okay. get there. So you thinking Nolan Ryan? I'm going Nolan Ryan. All right, let's go. I'm with you.
4: All right, it is Randy oh, Johnson. Come on, George. Geez. Oh, Watson had it. it. Oh, you're kidding oh, me. Oh no. I
2: How I, good I, is thought, that? I just remember him striking out a bunch of people, oh, but I was yeah. with you. I didn't think he did it that many times in a row. You know, Watson, he uh he was just so dominant though, cop.
1: When I did some minor league baseball, he pitched for the Indianapolis Indians, and he had no clue where it was going. (laughs) Now, obviously. I I
2: wouldn't have wanted to be up there with that 6'8 body, that arm near.
1: Yeah, no way. Uh, I think we lost him for a little bit there, George. Did we? Yeah. That's not good. Um, Yeah, we'll. uh, So Watson's frozen.
4: Oh, Oh, I think we got him back,
1: actually. Okay. Oh, that's wonderful, George. Yes, hello. You still there? I am. Hello. Yes, we're we're here. Are you here, George?
7: Oh, okay, okay. He,
1: he's not hearing us.
4: <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of a delay. Yeah, oh, this is wonderful.
1: Um, let let's do this, Billy. We've reached the five o'clock hour. Yes, we have. Go to that, and then I'll I'll babble. Studs and Duds time yes. after that.
4: Uh, five o'clock hour is brought to you by. Middle Tennessee Bone and Joint. They uh, present the 5 o'clock hour each and every day. They've got state-of-the-art orthopedic service with a family atmosphere, whether it's a sports injury, sprained ankle, or a major joint replacement. They've got everything you need to get you taken care of. Their mission is to provide high-quality, specialized care in a compassionate manner to the people of Columbia and Middle Tennessee. Visit mtbj.net for more information.
1: Okay. Uh, I don't know whether we've got
4: Watson back or not. Um. Yeah, there's a delay, George. Yeah. so Okay. Uh he's he's uh so not for the,
1: for the moment, let me just run through the studs and duds. We'll begin with the studs. You know what? This is a fun football team, Jacksonville. They're getting better and better each week. And later in the show, assuming we have him, we'll talk to Watson about his development, because it's pretty impressive what is going on right now in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is starting to get it done, and the young guys around him, Travis Etienne and and others, you know, that's a good win. They were down 17 and didn't give up. Kudos to the Jaguars.
4: They're getting it done. Meanwhile, Dak Prescott did not look very good at all in, in that game. Here you go, George. Here's your next one. Frank Gore Jr. Of course, his
1: father is one of the five all-time leading rushers in NFL history. The, uh, the, the son plays for Southern Miss and racked up something like 320 yards rushing against Watson's old team, the Rice Owls, in a bowl game, I think, in Mobile. So that is stud number two.
4: Moving on, to stud college number basketball. three,
1: Gonzaga. Okay, want you to think about this. Alabama, you know, has really done some good things so far this year. All of a sudden, neutral site. It was anything but neutral. It was in Birmingham. It was the CM Newton Classic, and I'll tell you, I was impressed with Gonzaga. They got it done. That's a good win away from home. Not a lot of people are going to beat Alabama in a Birmingham, Alabama neutral site, but Gonzaga did. Heck of a win. Drew Timmy looks like a legit player for them too. Yeah. He's fun to watch. Final one. Kelvin Sampson's Houston Cougars. Okay. A week ago, Alabama got them in Houston. So you figure, well, maybe, you know, maybe they're not as good as, well. Think again, they went to Virginia, the second ranked team in the country and popped them around pretty good and showed Virginia a level of defense that was impressive, beat them by eight in Charlottesville. Those are your studs. And now to to the the duds, duds, Florida. Really? Nice effort. (laughs) Way to compete. Way to do your conference proud, because it just means more.
4: Hey, at least they didn't get shut out for the first time since 88. Good Lord. They got that field goal. You know,
1: first of all, they were playing a quarterback they hadn't played all year, and they looked bad doing it. Oregon State's a good program, and they thumped Florida and seemed to absolutely enjoy doing it.
4: Florida didn't want to be
1: there. Here's your
4: next one, George.
1: You know, I thought this game going in would be one that would go right to the wire. But this looked to me like Louisville wanted to be there and Cincinnati didn't. By the way, the name of the bowl is the Wasabi Fenway Park Bowl. Whatever it is, (laughs) Cincinnati got thumped. They got their hat handed to them. Shame on them. Louisville's not that good. No, they made Louisville look like a top 25 team. They really did. Here's one you knew was coming. Hello? What in the world? What were they thinking? Yeah,
4: here it is. Uh, This is probably one of the dumbest plays I've ever seen. No, it is the dumbest play you've ever seen. Why do you even lateral it to begin with?
1: and, And now watch this part. Hello. Stiff arms, Mac Jones. Jones runs over Jones, and the rest, shall we say, is history. You think the flight home
4: from Vegas not pleasant, to New England was a little icy? There was no staying after headed to the casinos for no, the Patriots.
1: Yeah, number one, nobody wanted to go to the front of the plane and run into Belichick. Oh, no. Now, I'm assuming he just sat up there and stewed. But if that wasn't what he did, he may have gone after three or four of those guys. Do you have the ability to run that again? I do. Let's do it. Now, this running back gets way more yardage than he expected. And then he decides to get cute about it. Had he been stopped for nothing, they'd still be playing in overtime. Will this just end? They're not. Advantage Raiders, touchdown. Boom. And then I threw in a fourth. And I wish I had Watson here, although eventually we are going to talk about it. The referees at the end of the Giants-Washington game were horrendous. This wasn't some regional thing on CBS. This was national TV with everybody watching. Five-yard penalty for a receiver not up on the line of scrimmage, and yet the receiver turned to the official and asked, am I good? And then when the play got run, the official threw a flag. Then there was pass interference, and it was obvious on the final play that ultimately sealed Washington's fate. I've got to think the NFL looks at that one pretty hard looks at that officiating crew in the final minute and says uh, i don't know
4: yeah that was awful
2: it that was, was really
4: bad that was pretty terrible it was pretty obvious i mean yeah it starts off where the guy asks if he's good it says he's good and then he calls him for a penalty we will try to get watson back and
1: when we do we've got some football talk to get into so stick around this is main street media television
0: Buying or selling a home can be a very personal experience. Why not go with the team that receives nearly all of their business from referrals? Clearly a trusted name in real estate. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners has sold more than 500 homes in the last seven years. Voted best in Sumner County multiple times. Proven to be trusted with your most personal assets. Call the Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners at 615-906-8458. The Justin Tucker team with Platinum Realty Partners. Middle Tennessee's most trusted team in realty.
1: Jody Jones Dentistry can handle all your dental needs, from the basics to cosmetic procedures. All of this in the nicest dental facility I have ever seen. Jody has done it right. They're located conveniently at 55 Music Square East, and for an appointment, it's simple. Dial 615-259-5100 and tell them Plaz sent you. When you're thinking about golf, consider Riverside Golf Links. Under new ownership, the course has improved dramatically. It's now 27 holes complemented by a nine-hole executive course. Book a tee time now at 615-847-5074 and get ready to enjoy the beauty of golf in the Old Hickory area at Riverside Golf Links.
7: I'm
2: Bart Durham. I was sworn in as a lawyer in 1963, and I've been working as a lawyer since then. We're a firm that does exclusively personal injury, a lot
1: of
5: tractor-trailer crashes.
1: Insurance companies will open up their checkbooks when you force them to. We have systems at work. We get the most money for our clients in the shortest amount
6: of time. I'm Blair Durham. My dad and I want to help. Give us a call at 615-242-9000. This is Eric Berner with Rock Castle Wealth Advisors. I help people in the pursuit of making their money live as long as they do. People hire me because I use a customized, individualized, and personal approach for the person I'm working with. Everyone's situation is different. If you've lost a spouse or a parent and want to make sure your inheritance is utilized and does not just disappear, I can help with that. Call me at 615-235-1058 or email eric.com at
1: Okay, let's uh, get into a little bit of just, I'll call it football talk. Watson, what is it you see in Trevor Lawrence that the pilot light has gone on and all the stuff that we knew was there is now kicking in?
2: George, I see confidence. I think I think he finally is feeling it and thinks uh, maybe he's gotten the system down now a little better. He's throwing so much more on time than he was before. And it may have just taken this long because you got to understand he's been at, what, three different systems, or I guess it was two different systems, and, and that's hard, especially on young quarterbacks. But his confidence has grown, and you've listened to me say this a thousand times. When, when your confidence grows, then your poise grows. And I just see his composure. Is he, don't, he don't get rattled like I saw him do in his early time, but uh, I think he's going to be a great player. I really think give him another year, I think he's gonna fall in as one of those top three or four guys.
1: Are they one weapon away on the outside from really doing
2: damage? Yes. They're they've got good running backs. Uh I don't know enough about their offensive line. Uh, but it doesn't look bad. The last couple of games that I've watched them, I thought they they protected him pretty dead good. Uh, but I think they get a really go to guy because they've got some really good receivers, some really good ones, but they don't have the great one. Uh, but I'll bet you, I'll bet you a bunch that they, they hunt it uh, either in a free agency or a draft wow. to try to give him that one guy to go with those guys he's got because there's some pretty good receivers on the team.
1: On the college level, Bo Nix announced either Saturday or Sunday that he's coming back uh for I guess what is a fifth or a sixth year at Oregon. Man, what a
2: what a boost for that program. Well, boost for them and um and a boost for this game coming up. Um that he'll play in the bowl and he's coming back. He'll have the system for another year. He got better and better till the as the year went on too, George. Um honestly surprisingly better. How much better did he play at Oregon than he played at Auburn? So is it system? Is it is it environment? Is it – what was it? I don't know. But in the, it's amazing to me how a young man can change environments and it completely make you a different guy. And uh, he was really coming on and then he got hurt, and that it set him back a little. But uh, uh, watch out for Oregon next year because now he'll be a year into the system. And uh, The times I watched him play when he played good this year, and, uh, I didn't think he was ever had that much ability when he was at all, I never felt that good about him. way better than I thought he would at Oregon. Watson,
1: it got out yesterday that the Bengals were ticked off about some things that Tom Brady had said on his radio show. And I guess that there was a part of me going, wait a minute. Okay, Brady's been around this game for 25 years. He's no young pup. For him to be the one to pop off with some comments about the Bengals that, you know, would be taken as offensive and apparently, you know, had something to do with their second half uprise. I just, I'm kind of like, what's going on
2: with him? I don't know. Uh, but he's not the same guy. I don't know what he said, so I haven't seen the quotes. If, he, if you've he was, seen any, tell me something. He what, was asked what'd
4: he say? He was asked about the Bengals' defense, and he said, "You know, he said something else before, and then he said their defense is fairly tough." Yeah, I, I don't understand what I mean. What's the problem with that? With him saying that? Well,
2: nothing. They're, they're well. Go ahead, George. What do yeah, you? Yeah, but think? I, 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 I guess doesn't...
4: my point
1: is okay. If somebody else had done that on his team, he'd be the one
2: screaming at him. Yeah, I just don't. I just think that's. Yeah, they're they're pretty tough. I I don't know. I'd have to hear it. I guess you can kind of take it when you said Billy. Then I'm not sure how he said it or in the context he said. It. But evidently, it worked because it, it turned the Bengals on. Uh, and somebody must have said something to half. Are we going to sit here and let him say those things and then prove it to be true? That's probably what was said at the half. And um, whatever it is, the Bengals are pretty good. The Bucks are not. <laughs> They're just so, not. The Bengals are pretty good and the Bucks are not. And and, and George, Tom Brady's not playing very good football to me. I no, mean, he's in the 80s with his quarterback rating right now. Uh, he's throwing a little short passes. Honestly, he looks, and I'm not saying this is it at all because it's never been him. He is one tough dude, uh, but it lo- he looks like he just wants to get rid of that ball as fast as he can get rid of it, and and uh, I just I don't I don't feel good about the Bucks at all. I don't I I feel better about the Titans and the Bucks because we got a chance to get a bunch of these guys back, and maybe get going a little bit. I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel for the Bucks right now. Do you all? No, but let,
1: let me ask this question because you see bits and pieces of the old Brady in the first half, you know, he's got them motoring along. What were they up? 17, nothing.
4: And so yeah. 17, three,
1: you see little glimpses yeah. of the old, but then you see, you know, balls behind receivers and, and stuff that you used to never see. And I'm asking myself, Okay. Is right now his his performance a product of what's around him or has his stuff finally caught up with him?
2: Exactly what I was going to say, George. It's one of the two, I think. I don't think he's near as good this year. And you look at his stats and see he's not near as good this year. Uh, is it age or is it the environment that he and everything that he's gone through? And I got a feeling it's the second. I'm just not sure he can handle it. I'm not sure I could. I'll be very honest with you. I'm not sure it would have been easy for me to lose my family and wife and everything all in over right. a disagreement over playing or not playing. And there's been a lot written about that, that that's not all it was, that there was a there was a fade going on between them a little bit, and it had grown. Who knows? Being married to a lady that I love, and I think Tom still does, and and for 50 years and would lose her and be separated from my family because of it, George, I don't oh, think I, I'd handle it very Yeah. Well. So I think I'd like to think it's the second. I don't see age being in. I still see zip on the ball. I still see competitiveness in him. Uh, so I don't think it's age. I think he's just this has been really hard for him to handle.
1: Okay, let, let me ask this. Would it be markedly different if he was San Francisco's quarterback?
2: Yeah, because they're better. I don't think the Bucs are that good right now. Oh, I don't the think so. The defense is but, really yeah. not. The defense hadn't played near what they did in that Super Bowl run, George. Not anywhere close. And um, I don't know. The, the offense just hadn't clicked all year. Uh, yeah, he'd be a better player with San Francisco because he wouldn't have to make so many plays. It's obvious. the Third-string quarterback's winning games for San Francisco right now, who's playing good, don't get me wrong, but it's not Tom Brady. And, and they're winning games. So, yeah, if he was with the 49ers, I don't think that there would have been an issue whatsoever because there's so many pieces involved with the 49ers.
1: Okay, take us through the play near the end of the Washington game last night where the receiver is not up on the line of scrimmage uh, the way he needed to be, and yet it looked for all the world like he asked the official, am I good? Talk, Talk to me about what goes on there and what should go on there.
2: Well, first of all, George, I've seen many times in college football and the NFL where those guys are in gray areas and the official lets it go. Many, many, many times. Um, and they just don't, they, they they, look at each other, they talk a little bit, ball snap, official don't throw the flag. Uh, to do it when they did it last night, and I thought he was in a gray area. Now that's looking at it through television. But I thought he was in a gray area. I didn't think he was real deep off the ball, and I didn't know the ball. I thought he was in that gray area. But when a receiver looks over at the official and kind of took a little over the ball, I don't think the official should ever throw the flag when the receiver does that. I think that's absolutely wrong of the official, whether it's at that big a play late in the game, or it's the first play of the game. If the receiving, uh, an attempt to be on the line and is really trying to get there or working at it and looking at you, that is awful for that official to throw that flag right there, in my personal opinion, and especially at that point in the game. But I don't think it should matter. He shouldn't have thrown that flag.
1: Okay, the pass interference is obvious. That compounds what went on in the uh, in the five-yard penalty. Watson, doesn't the league have to sort of look at this one and, and I, I don't know whether they issue an apology to the commanders, not that that makes them feel any better, or do you hold out part of that crew for a week? I mean, wh- what do you do with this?
2: You've got to address it. You, ha- I don't know what you do, but you address it quickly because George, Billy, it knocked the commanders out of the playoffs. It probably did. It basically – it probably did. They still got a shot. But it, if they win that game, it basically – the Giants now, I think, are in. I think the Giants are in, and that's too big a play to back-to-back refereeing mistakes – not to address it. It's got to be addressed. In the past, I've seen the NFL, SEC uh, suspend an official for a game or two games or something over that. I have seen it happen. I'm anxious to watch. And honestly, something should have come out today, and it hadn't because I've been looking for it. Yeah. Okay. Let, but let me. It flat took the Commanders uh, a, a loss they did not deserve. Let me let me take this a little bit farther. So, you're the
1: supervisor of officials and in the NFL. And I'm assuming that at some point today, you pick up the phone with the referee that threw the flag, and you're bound to be saying to him, Okay, this is what it looks like on film. Did he turn and ask for your assistance? And, you know, I mean, don't you have to have that official? tell you what
2: he was thinking? Absolutely you do. I would bet that happened in the locker room after the game. Right. I think that official called or they have ways to talk. I know they can do that. After a game, I would have addressed that. And that one is not as bad as the second one. The second one is cut and dried. The first one, okay, you're a human being. Should I throw it? Should I not? He threw it. But the second one, George, is a bad miss. It's holding before it's pass interference. But Watson, hold on. I mean, a second. if they'd thrown the ball on the other side of the field, it would have been. I would have thrown the flag for holding that guy.
1: Uh, hold on a second, so, though. On the first one, the issue is not to me whether he th- threw the flag or didn't. The issue is, did the receiver turn to you and ask for guidance? And then you threw the
2: flag. Now that that's, that's, what that's, I'm, that's that doesn't look good. Well, that's what I'm saying. If if the official says he didn't make any any uh, attempt to get on the line, then he's not wrong. The official's not wrong. Wow. I thought the kid looked at him, leaned over to make sure, turned his head back at the the side judge again, and I thought he did make an attempt. Yeah. If the official said he did make an attempt, then he shouldn't have thrown the flag and he should be disciplined for it. But you're dead on. If he says, I didn't think the guy made any attempt toward me, then I don't think he's wrong. The second one, though, there's nothing to discuss. He missed it 100%. He missed it twice. He missed it twice. The guy held him before he even, the ball was thrown. So it was holding before it was pass interference. He did both on that play and didn't get a flag on either one of them.
1: It's a clear case of swallowing a whistle.
2: That one, I don't know. uh, Yeah. I mean, he just got to choke that one. I, I, I mean, it is a little harder from behind to see all of that. But you got to see it. That's your job. You've got to see that. And you can't miss that. Uh, You can't miss that on third and 10 in the middle of the field. You sure can't miss it on the last play of the game. Yeah, You can't miss that.
1: We'll go to the break. Plaster Bed of the Day is in the on-deck circle. We say hello to our man, Brian Stewart, who joins us to talk a little bit. He got into the easy chair there. I saw it. He's ready and raring to go. Brian, how are you?
8: Hey, I'm doing good, George. I like how you said I have the easy chair. I thought the only easy chairs on this show belonged to George Plaster.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I'll trade chairs with you. How about that?
8: I don't I don't know if you want this chair, George. Really? <laughs> tell you now. Hey, uh, George, in all seriousness, um I've got kind of a um a, a sad thing to report, uh, but it's you know, it's just part of life. Uh, One of them things that you never want to deal with, but I wanted to, my friend here, Catherine Manola, uh, one of my agents and joined us in February this past year. Um, Sad to find out uh, Saturday night that she had passed away and uh, just wanted to, I don't know if her or her family or anybody had ever watched this show, but in the spirit of, I know we care about our community and care about it. The people we love Uh, wanted to give a shout out to her family and uh, just let them know that, Hey, they're in our prayers. Our condolences are with them. Uh, Catherine was a wonderful lady, uh, loved her corgis. Uh, I mean, when this, uh, when I tell you this lady loved her corgis, I, I think she, the only person that rivaled her was the queen of England. Um, so I mean, she, she was all about these corgis and finding them homes and everything else, but just wanted to say we'll miss her and, uh, definitely thinking of her family and so forth, so on.
1: And and we pass on the show's condolences as well. I'm so sorry for your loss.
8: Yeah, we appreciate that, George. Um, and in, in the spirit of that, um, I, I know that she wants us to keep going on and selling real estate and helping people, uh, do what she loved and, that was helping people get to closing and find great deals on properties. And uh, she was very high spirited, uh, always talking about real estate and was very excited about joining our company. So um, in remembrance of her, that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep going out and and helping our clients. Um, I know she would want her uh, real estate family to carry, uh, carry on what she believed in and that was taking care of her clients. So, That's what we're here for, George. Um, You know, we just grin and bear what the bad times bring and we try to find the light in every situation. Uh, I will say this, we've got some good stuff coming up at the beginning of the year. Like I said, the auctions are rolling. Uh, We completed two this year, which I thought was phenomenal. Uh, Starting out as a new auction company, I thought it was great to get two under our belt before the beginning of the year. Uh, What I've seen, And what I've heard from lenders that I've talked to, the interest rates did go up again. But what I've heard and what they have telling me is that the springtime, it is going to go back down. Uh, I think we're all seeing that with the gas prices. You can kind of see change in the market and everything. So that's what we're hoping for is a little bit better on the interest rates at the beginning of the year. But there's still good deals out there on these homes. Uh, If you're interested in buying and selling, please call us. One Stop Realty and Auction, our number is 615-822-0750. You can reach me anytime, 615-440-7011. Love to help you. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Always have what you need whenever you give us a like and follow.
1: Brian, thank you so much. Um, Again, our condolences go out to your team and to her family. I hate hearing that,
8: George. It's uh, you know, like I said, it's just part of life. We all have yep. to deal with it, and you know, it's just one of them things. But, uh, you know, your sympathies and everything from the show, I, I, I can't tell you how much we appreciate it. Thank you, man.
1: You take care. We'll talk again tomorrow, and stay tuned. Plaster Bed of the Day is coming up next on Main Street Media Television.
4: For Dustin Timmons and Joey Donley, they welcome every opportunity to serve and satisfy their clients. Whether you are looking to build your dream home or renovate your current home, their team will ensure that every client and remodel is unique, luxurious, completed on time, and within budget. Contact them today to set an appointment for a free consultation or to view some of their completed projects by logging on to DonleyTimmons.com.
0: At Wellskin Dermatology and Aesthetics, we pride ourselves in providing access, innovation, and a patient experience second to none. Access to care and treatment when you need it. Innovation with medical-led cosmetics and various on-site technologies for full service treatments with a customer experience that is calming, casual, and effective. Independently owned, providing medical, surgical, pediatric, and cosmetic dermatology, and more. Visit WellskinMD.com to schedule your appointment today. Wellskin Dermatology and Aesthetics. Access to healthier skin. It's your last chance to get a spring tune-up for summer. Complete Service Heat and Air can clean your coils, check out your motor, and make sure you have cold air on that first hot day of summer. Complete Service Heat and Air is located in White Bluff, Tennessee. We do service and repair on heating and air the right way. 24-7 service. Call us at 615-797- 3997. That's 615- 797-3997. Serving Cheatham, Davidson, Dixon, Hickman, Humphreys, Montgomery, and William Have you heard about the high levels of radon in Middle Tennessee? Radon gas is the second leading cause of lung cancer, second only to smoking, and has no color, no taste, and no smell. The only way to know if you have radon is to test for it. Duret Radon Mitigation offers testing for small and large scale residential and commercial properties plus mitigation services. Visit DuretRadonMitigation.com to request testing or get a free estimate for mitigation. That's DuretRadonMitigation.com. Since 1865, the First Baptist Church of Gallatin on Winchester Street has served its community by catering to the least, the last, and the lost. Providing a church of welcome used by God to save the lost, transform the saved, and impact its community. As a proud multi-ethnic congregation, Pastor Derek Jackson personally welcomes you to join them in fellowship Sunday mornings at 8 in person or at 1045 in person or online at firstbaptistgallatin.org. First Baptist Gallatin on Winchester Street, serving with open arms as a true church of welcome.
4: Welcome back in, final segment of the George Plaster Show on this Monday night. It's time for Plaster's Bet of the Day, brought to you by Bart Durham Injury Law. Since 1975, they've aggressively protected the rights of a broad range of victims of car accidents and personal injury in both Tennessee and Kentucky. If you, too, have seen your life interrupted by an injury on a highway, in a hospital, or at your workplace, let their attorneys do the work fighting for the full financial compensation that you need. Learn more about Bart Durham Injury Law by logging on to bartdurham.com com. All right, let's check out what happened over the weekend for George as we pull this this old slide up here. 92 and 89 record right now. Lost the Washington State bet. North Texas got the win. And you got a couple of you got a push and then your teaser is pending. Yes. So that's the Teaser Teaser's status. gonna win. We'll see tonight if the Packers can can hold on their end of the bargain. Of George's teaser. Uh, Um, So that's where you're at.
1: And not only that, Green Bay is going to cover the teaser. And shift gears here.
7: Okay.
1: I believe that Green Bay tonight covers. There it is. Maybe that's why I'm wearing green. I don't know. Um, I don't think the Rams have got a lot to play for. Aaron Donald is out for the Rams, which takes that pass rush that would get right into the middle and cause Aaron Rodgers all kinds of problems out of the mix. He's not playing. Baker Mayfield is getting his second start with the Rams. We know how the end of his first start turned out. He's going to have to be considerably better tonight because now Green Bay, with just a few losses from other people suddenly has this big little bitty chance of getting in the playoffs. So I think green Bay will be the team with more motivation and I think they will spank the Rams and that's where I'm going. There it is. They, they want to be there. They want to be there. Watson, you buying that? 100%.
2: Are you really? That's exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I think. I think the, the rounds are riding it out, maybe including their coach. This may be it for him, and it looks that way, doesn't it? It does. I'm not sure he'll keep going because he nearly didn't come back last year. I think he's. It's about. I think he's about had enough. Yeah. And I think Aaron Rodgers has still got a little fire, thinking there's a shot here. I think the Packers beat the Rams. I agree.
1: Okay, let's see how it plays out tomorrow. We'll check in with Tony Basilio. He won't be in Knoxville. He'll be on his way back. Uh, from Pennsylvania, and we'll catch up with him. We'll do a few other things. Hope you'll join us. Until then, for our entire crew, see you tomorrow.